Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in to a very special edition of 11 Personnel presented by our friends at Monticello Bank. It's a very, very big day here at the KSR Compound. It's the first day of mobile sports gambling. Um, we've got Ryder Cup starting tomorrow. We've got Kentucky football versus Florida. There's a 50% off sale to join KS Board. We had Nick Delatore from Gators Online talking yesterday. There's a lot going on, a lot happening, including a very special, as I said, edition where today we're going to have Andy Staples on the show and Devin Leary. Look it, so much is happening all at the same time. How can you not be excited? This is a week while you're a fan and while we do what we do. Big home game week. Um, people are chomping at the bit to get going. I feel like even with the noon kickoff, I think people are really excited. Even Mitch Barnhart's excited, giving the people the uh, early 7 a.m. parking lots being open. So we're here, and the sports gambling's here. Like, I mean, we get the live bet Lions Packers tonight, Nick. Oh, man. It's going to be great. It's beautiful. I think – I'm trying to think who the Thursday game – I think WKU, Middle Tennessee, are they Thursday 100 night? 100 miles ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Papa Roush is going to the game. So that's going to be a doozy. We've go. got a nice Friday night slate, um, and we've got yeah. a partner, too, with FanDuel that we're going to tell you more about later, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun, fun time to be a fan, and uh, fun time working with the numbers, uh, just like Monticello Bank. They're going to put the numbers on your side. Proud presenting sponsors of 11 personnel. They've been in business for 128 years because they do business the right way. You can do business with them, too, by visiting them online at NBC Bank. Dot com or downloading the mobile 
MB, go NBC mobile app, bank wherever you go with the cats. Monticello Bank, it's where people matter. Member FDIC, like it. You mentioned the, the, the early start time, I think, put a weird little start to the week where we had a bunch of whining. But I felt that whining fade away as the game's gotten closer. And I, I really do get a sense that everybody's kind of salivating to get to this Saturday matchup. Noon, we got Tess in the house, um, which always means it's going to be crazy. But I'm starting to feel the energy from the Big Blue Nation. Yeah, I think even I think you feel it from the team, too, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the comments have stuck out to me, Nick. Is Mark Stoops talking about how his team practices? Like he's really happy with how they approach their business every day, pretty much. And I think he feels like they're close to a breakthrough. Now that's just me kind of reading in between the lines, but I think they feel like they're close. And I think they feel like it might come sooner rather than later. And hopefully this Saturday. And I think for fans, this is a big game for a multitude of reasons. I mean, for most people's fanhood in this fan base, Florida's kicked their teeth in. For a long time, Kentucky's a favorite in this game for the first time since 1988, before both of us were alive. Right. You know, this is a rare occurrence. You can go three in a row against Florida for the first time since Bear Bryant uh, was on the sidelines here in Lexington. So that that has got people excited. And I think, you know, you just look at the SEC in general. There's no one Kentucky can't. Beat you know Georgia's going to be tough, but they can hang with. This isn't the Georgia of last year, the year before. I think it's more like a 2019 Georgia team where they they have some serious flaws, specifically on offense right now. And so you're looking at the schedule and you think, man, we if we can get it going, we've got a really chance to have a good year. But you have to get it going because there's a lot of flawed football teams out there, and it's a huge game in both aspects. I think both Kentucky and Florida, in a lot of ways, their season will be determined as success on what happens on Saturday in this game. Which is just crazy to say out loud. Yeah, because uh, Florida, you, you know. drop you drop to three and two if you lose this. You still have a game at South Carolina. You still have LSU at LSU. You still got to host Florida State. He's probably going to be eleven and zero. When you play them at the end of the year, you still got to go play Georgia and Jacksonville. Still a lot of tough games mm-hmm. remaining on that schedule. You host Arkansas at home, which is probably going to be close to a 50 50 game. But if you win this, if you're Florida, you got a real chance to get to eight and four. And then Napier, then the, the then that hire is really working. Bad first year, improved second year recruiting. And then you're on the up and up and going into year three. But if you don't, then six and six is could be what you're looking at. There, so it's a huge game. And for Kentucky, it's just one of many, I think, kind of toss-up games they're going to play here coming up, Nick. Um, and to steal a cow phrase, um, you can't – you're not going to make them all, but you can't miss them all. So you need to right, pick right. off more than you lose. Um, and Stoops has been good in those kind of close one-possession games in the past. Um, he's got a pretty good track record. And I think there's a lot to like about Kentucky in this matchup, which we'll get, which we'll get into today. Yeah, yeah. And before we dive into it, I want to remind everybody who's going to the game to get there early. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a noon kickoff. So I, I know you want to have your extra time to pound some beers, like Mark Stoop said, but you need to get there early. Um, have your ticket. Pound some ready. beers in the stadium. Yeah. You've got beers in the stadium. So you can feel free to go in early if you don't mind spending 
20, 30 bucks on one of the, and you can pound some of them right in yeah. your seats while the game starts. So the party doesn't stop when you're going in the games. <laughs> I know I'm sure some of you will be sneaking in something still, but if you want to, you don't I want to risk sneaking in. You can go in, get your drinks and get, and get locked in for a, for a big game to me, Nick, I think early the game, it might not have a lot of buzz. It, or it won't be usually in the night games. It's peak right at seven 30 when everybody's ready to go. This, yeah. I think it might take a little bit for everybody to get going, but I think by second quarter, that place will be rocking. But I mean, you even, you were at the Ole Miss game last year. That was a 11 a.m. local kickoff and that place yeah. was buzzing. Um, it's, it's going to be a sold out crowd, but just because it's a sellout doesn't mean you can't get to the game. Download the Game Time app. I'm on there right now and I'm scrolling. The get in price is around forty five bucks, fifty bucks, and you can save any even more money when you use promo code KSR. You'll get twenty bucks off your first purchase. Game Time is the best way to get last minute tickets on whatever sporting event, concert, whatever it might be. Travis said he's going to Hundred Miles of Hate tonight down in Bowling Green. Download the Game Time app. You can get tickets to that. Game Time, the best way to get tickets. And I wanted to, uh, I, w- I wanted to go back to what you led with off the top um, when Stoops was talking about practice. When we were with Brendan Bates or uh, Tuesday, it's like my skull is throbbing, and you know they just talk about physicality. I think that was a, I mean that's a real question mark that I think fans have for this team because. Going to that Vanderbilt game, Kentucky had the fewest rushing attempts in the SEC. Um, they're doing things differently, right? But can they still bring that physicality? And I, I think Mark Stoops really challenged them because they have to, they have to be able to match what Florida is going to do. Because in a lot of ways, Florida is like a old school Mark Stoops team where they're limited by their vertical passing attack. So they're just going to try to run it down your damn throat, right? Uh, they're going to try to take away the big plays. They do a lot of things that we saw, you know, 17, 17, 18, 19, where it's like, let's keep everything in front of you, and we're going to run the ball right down your throat and hope we can pop a couple of big plays. Mark Stoops is challenging his team to do what they've done to Florida in this series, how they've won three out of the last five, and that's by kicking their ass in between the tackles. And I'm, I'm excited to see how Kentucky responds because I remember having a conversation with uh, Calvin Taylor and who else was in that group? Phil Hoskins after they graduated and they were like, man, getting ready for those Mac games. Like I, you know, I know we get beat up and we play all SEC teams, but like they love that all SEC schedule because you get so hyped for it. They were getting hyped for it this week in practice. And I, I think it's going to carry over into the game with maybe one caveat where there might be uh, I could see some stupid, excited mistakes happening on like that first series or two. Yeah, I think both sides. Uh, last Florida road game, they were sloppy as. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. If you watch that Utah game, it was really sloppy. And then against Charlotte last week, they were sloppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in Tennessee second half, they couldn't really get anything going on offense outside of Trevor Etienne. So they they have they're a flawed football team too, and they have sloppiness. So I could that's. People, I think here locally, a lot of the talk is Kentucky's boneheaded play, sloppiness. Well, Florida's got some of the same issues, uh, and that's you know, which team makes less mistakes in this game. Football's a game of execution. You know, you have to hope the home team in this match. I would say the visitor would probably make more mistakes in a rowdy atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, but but you don't know. You got to go out and play that game. 
But yeah, I mean, Billy Napier wants to play bully ball. And one of the questions I'm going to ask Andy when he comes on later is, why is Billy Napier calling plays? No, oh, I I had the same question for Nick Delator on the our message on the KS board, right? That yeah. chat, and he was like, I, he's never even called plays. He's Mister CEO, right? Like that's why he's there, and yet he's calling plays. Well, you just look at it. Not only he call, he coaches the quarterbacks, Nick. So like he is a guy of you know, a guy of process, flow charts, delegating responsibility, staying on top of things, organizational mastermind. Kind of that is his strength. Why is that guy wanting to coach quarterbacks and call plays and then run this big program that has eight hundred support employees? Yeah. yeah, he's charged. It just doesn't make any sense. And you look at him, the results just you know, they, they, I'm not saying he's a bad offensive coordinator. They, they're doing some good things, but it just doesn't make sense to me why he's doing it. But he mm-hmm. is. Um, but Florida is a pistol, stretch zone, play-action offense. Kentucky sees a lot of this. Scott Satterfield at Louisville ran this offense. Uh, Eli Drinkowitz, Missouri, ran this offense. Napier runs this offense. Kentucky has fared well. With this stretch zone, they're going to pop runs, some 10-plus, but there's also going to be – negative plays like Trevor Etienne has a 20% 10 plus yard run rate explosive rate he also has a 20% stuff rate so that means you know 40% of his runs are even going for 10 yards or they're going for zero yards or negative yards like there's going to be some in between when you have a run game like that it's hard necessarily to put long drafts together Um, they're asked they're going to ask Mertz to kind of fill in the blanks Um, and so really I think I don't see Florida running for 200 in this game. Kentucky's they're yeah, going to have yeah. success on the ground, they, yeah. but Kentucky's going to limit them and they're going to force Mertz to make some throws. Um, and that's really the, the key to this game. You look at Mertz, Nick, um, when I went back and put my scouting hat on back in December when the transfer thing was going on, what I wrote down about Mertz was I think he can be a very successful quarterback in a run heavy play action scheme where there's not asked to do a lot. He's got the arm strength to hit vertical shots, but he, can get the ball out quick and with accuracy. And that's what Florida's doing with him. And that's why he's had so much success. But when you force him to get into a drop-back passing situation, you force him to be a drop-back passer, that's where he struggles. And in games like this, and specifically in games where you need a quarterback to make throws to beat you, in games where Graham Mertz has had to throw the ball over 30 times, Nick, he's got a 55.5% completion rate. He's he's at 5.8 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, 17 interceptions. His teams are 0-10, 0-9 at Wisconsin, 0-1 at Florida. If Kentucky makes him throw the football to a receiving core that only has really one true weapon, and that is a slot receiver, there's going to be a lot of good things happening for the home team in this game. That is the biggest key, I think, for Kentucky on defense. You just have to make Mertz throw it, throw it to beat you. And I know everybody this week is going to be like, crowd the box, press man. I would rather probably press and let him throw that dink and dunk and come up and tackle him. Yeah. Get him in second and seven. Get him second six. Make him throw the football because if you're making him throw the football, history has told us he will make mistakes. Um, we haven't really seen it this year, but they've kept him in very much game manager type situations where he hasn't had to throw it a lot. 
If you make them throw it a lot, good things are going to happen. Um, and he had Florida's pass protection has been good, not great, but Mertz has taken a lot of sacks for the amount of times he's being pressured. He's not mm-hmm. great in the pocket from a movement aspect. So there's going to be sack opportunities. And if you make him throw the football, you're going to have a chance to get some turnovers. The, uh, the point somebody made earlier in the YouTube chat, in, as in to make Mertz throw, you have to be good on first and second down, right? Like that's, yeah. that's where it starts. It's tackling, um, you know, when, when they try to throw those little quick hitches or out routes, not letting somebody turn a three yard gain in a nine. Right, it's when you have an opportunity for a tackle for a loss, making that tackle at or behind the line of scrimmage. Um, I'm I'm fascinated by how Kentucky's run defense is going to play in this game because this is a a style they haven't played a lot of. They're going to see it more throughout the year, but they face a lot of pass happy teams early on. Like it, they seemingly the defense passed those they passed those uh, tests. Now they're going to get a heavy running style where J.J. Weaver's going to have to set that edge hard, right? Like, that's this is his time to shine. He's done well in games like this yeah. previously. Um, there's something about this Florida game that he gets up for. I don't know if the ghost of Kyle Pitts is still uh, looming over him, but he tends to play well in these games. And the thing I noticed in that Vanderbilt game, too, is if they do get in these third-down obvious passing situations, you don't even have to, to sack – Grant, like you don't have to get a sack or even put Graham Mertz on his butt to affect the passer when you're as big as Deion Walker is, right? Like AJ Swan was just like, oh, the pocket. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting rid of this ball. Like, and that's the thing that it feels the most coach speaky like thing I've said. But the the actual production and numbers, particularly from JJ, a lot of people want JJ to be Josh Allen, and he's just not. I I love that right now the disbursement of the sacks where. I think five different guys have accounted for Kentucky's 10 sacks. Like, that's a great sign because that means it's coming from a lot of different angles and they can't just slide to one side or another. Uh, now, it was a positive development that Ford is going to get their center back who uh, – Well, think- that's – that's he has a high ankle sprain. So, they're saying that, but to me, that's going to be can he get out there and play on Saturday. They're going to tape it up and – all right. I highly, I highly doubt he's practicing much this week. Now that's just me. Now they can. But, now Billy Napier can say what he wants, but the dude has a high ankle sprain. He's only so, played once this year. It was at it was uh-huh. the Tennessee game, and uh, he had a setback, and he missed last week. So we'll yeah. see. But yeah, yeah, he's he he is going to play. But that is the same guy that Deion Walker bench pressed to infinity <laughs> last year. So I know he's coming Ooh. back, and he's a good player. But this is not. This is not Jason Kelsey being inserted into the lineup. There's been a lot of talk about that. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about how they ran the ball against Tennessee, and they had a good game. A lot of that 70 yards came because a safety tried to tackle Trevor Etienne with a shoulder. Yeah. Um, and he had a good game. They, but, like, this is not this is not all pro they're inserting into the lineup here. Kingley Aguacan is a good player, but let's not get – that's been a big talking point this and let's just not oh, let's not do that. He, even Andy, he flipped his pick. He was like, I wasn't sure who to pick, but the center's back, so I'm going with yeah. Gators, which he's a da- he's a damn center. Okay. Like <laughs> he's important. He really is. And you talk to Florida people, there's a big drop off to the next guy, but he's a center. Okay. Like this is gonna it's I don't think this is a huge, you know, wins above replacement, Nick. I don't think he's got a huge win yeah, above yeah. replacement number. So let's like whether he plays or not, that should to me it shouldn't really 
impact you one way or the other, but I could be wrong. But that to me, that's just where, where I see it. I mean, he's a solid player, but he's not like, I don't know if he's a top three or four center in the SEC. Well, here, here's my question. Are you more confident with Eli Cox at center than, than Jagger Burton? Do you feel good about that move? And also um, with the injury front with Kenneth Horsey, like Stoops is taking the opposite approach where he isn't saying anything, but there's a lot of whispers that that might happen, that that Horsey may return to play his home state school this Saturday. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be, to me, that's the bigger thing, getting Horsey back, let alone Eli and um, Jagger. Um, I thought Cox struggled at center last year, but you can't have the snaps. Um, snaps are not an issue with Eli, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And so I thought him and Jagger both played better. Uh, Pass pro is still a big concern, I think, just with that trio. Um, really need to get Horsey back. I thought Dylan Ray played his worst game of the season last year. Last week, yeah. Yeah, or last week, sorry, excuse me. So getting him back would be big. Um, it's going to be because how Austin Armstrong, their new defensive coordinator, it's similar to how Missouri ran their defense last year, how Louisville played defense last year. It's a four-down, four-two-five structure where they're going to twist, pre, post-app movement, simulated pressure, and just try to confuse the heck out of your offensive line. And that picking up that movement is going to be the biggest key in this game because sometimes yeah. they'll get – because remember last year, Nick, Louisville, the big talk about Louisville was, well, they're getting pressure without even bringing anybody. They're only bringing three, and they're getting all this pressure. It's That was because of the pre-snap confusion mm-hmm. they would create. And Florida's kind of the same way. Now, the weird part about this defense, Nick, they're not getting any havoc. No, Havoc no. numbers are low. Yeah, and across me, the board. Tackles yeah. for loss, sacks, yeah. interceptions, like any havoc stat, they haven't really been doing so far, even against their bad teams. Yeah. And stylistically, how this team plays, that should not be the case. So it, something's off there. Um, I think you look at Florida, you look at the biggest weakness in this game potentially Florida's pass defense, Nick. They are sub-50 in yards per pass, QB rating, um, EPA per pass. And you look at the offenses they played. McNeese State's quarterbacks averaging under six yards per attempt. Utah has already benched their guy. Um, Utah's in the hundreds in most passing metrics. Tennessee is like sub-80 in a lot of passing metrics, Nick. Like wow. Things have not gone well with Milton. Oh, man, nobody could have seen that coming. <laughs> This is the best quarterback they've played. You know, Larry probably he, – he's been up and down, you know, mm-hmm. and the interceptions I think is a lot of the reason people are fading Kentucky this week is because right. they just look and Larry's throwing five interceptions. What's going on there? The completion percentage is 59%. Well, they're not going to score against Florida if that's happening. Um, but I think this is a good matchup because I think Florida is susceptible in the secondary. If you can pick up the stunts. If you pick up the stunts, there's going to be big pass plays available. Well – and that admittedly has been Kentucky's the biggest weakness of the Kentucky offensive line. Because even last year when Will Evis was getting sacked all over the field, teams weren't having to bring a lot. All they'd have to do is just do a little twist, do a little stunt, boom, confusion. Uh, Cohen joked the other day on uh, one of the holding calls. He's like, yeah, we had three guys blocking one. Like the, the, <laughs> that, that has been a problem. Um, and that is probably my biggest concern going into this game because – I still think that Kentucky's rushing attack, they're going to eat some no gains, right? Like that, maybe some one and two yard gains, but they'll 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 pop a few. And I also think the passing game, like if 
if the drops decrease, right? Like, what, how about just one this week instead of three or four? Like, yeah. if, they, if like they, they should do just fine. So it all comes down to how much time is Devin Leary going to get. And, and really the other part, too, I was glad to see Leary scramble and get that first down. White stitch is going to be big this week. Yeah. Yeah. And Because, and, really, they didn't block it that poorly there. Like, it just the way that they rush, everything kind of pushed him out of the pocket, and it was just like, oh, nobody's here, so yeah. let's go get it. An interesting thing to me, Nick, with – Kentucky, Devin Leary's A dot is up over 11 yards, which is one of the highest in the Power Five. A dot? Uh, average depth of target, air yards okay. per pass. If you play like that, you should be taking a lot of sacks because if you're stretching the ball down the field, you need time to throw. Correct. Kentucky's only allowed four sacks. Yeah, fewest in the SEC, along with Georgia. Yeah, I, Leary's sack rate is 3.1%. That's really good. You know, if, if the old line can keep – Protected him. Now he's done a very good job of moving extending in the pocket, plays. extending yeah, plays, right, right. and that goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he can do that, those those shot plays are going to come, and they're going to they're going to start connecting on them. Um, I know that like the the big talking point this week was kind of Kentucky down to down efficiency, Cohen not getting a second ten a ton, yada yada yada. But that's just who Kentucky and how Florida's built. They want to stop. They want to get you a second ten. But they're really they're willing to kind of take some chances on early downs, so eventually both run and pass they're going to hit haymakers, mm-hmm. and I think that's the biggest difference in this game to me. I think Kentucky's going to win the explosive play battle, and then I look at havoc and turnovers. Florida is having a hard time creating havoc on defense. Kentucky isn't. So if you win the havoc and the explosive play battle, you're going to win a lot of football games, and I think Kentucky's going to win both of those this Saturday. Especially uh, against both teams have kind of struggled when the, the, the field shrinks, right, down in the red zone. Florida kicked a lot of field goals next week. or Florida, me, Yeah, last situational week. football has been an issue for Florida's offense. Yeah. They're in the hundreds and third down, third and fourth down conversion rate. Mm-hmm. They are in, I believe, they're number 80 in red zone touchdown percentage. Um, finishing drives has been an, been an issue. Now, Kentucky's yeah. defense hasn't been great on third down, but they've been good for the most part, in the red zone. In the red zone, yeah. I think they're fourth in the SEC in red zone overall. So, um, if the stars align, could be a very big win. Um, I did want to mention briefly the recruiting front. It's weird. I was trying to think of, like, who are the Florida guys I'm going to interview for this? There's not that many, right? Like, Horsey's one of the few. Um, Beating Florida could have an impact on the trail, though. In Georgia, where you're recruiting a lot of guys like Cam McKell, um, and down in Florida, where Kentucky's trying to take another swing on some prospects, um, with Mike Stoops back down in there. But there's a lot of Brian Robinson scuttlebutt. Uh, when he had that article with Chad Simmons last week from on three, it was like, I've made up my mind and a decision's coming next week. Well, there's now talks that he'll be in Lexington on Saturday. Um, Rico Scott is also rumored to be making a visit to the game Saturday. He's an Alabama commitment. Uh, I- I'll say all that. We're like, the, it's coaches are being pretty tight lit about who's coming for this game. Um, it's 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 been kind of weird on that recruiting front. I mean, we had a three a.m. commitment with Devin Smith last Friday night, so things have been a little weird. But you could get a nice recruiting pop out of this, generate some buzz because right now. Kentucky big picture walk it. It's been it's been kind of been hilariously quiet, but the cats are right back to being a public dog. I mean, everybody's 
I, I have struggled to find uh, someone picking Kentucky at all this week, I think. Yeah, Florida public dog, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, uh, no. Everybody's riding Florida. Everybody's picking yes. Florida. Right. Um, and I'm and I'm guessing it's just because they saw Florida pretty much manhandle Tennessee and nobody's watched Kentucky play at all this year. I, I think that's that's purely the only reason. And Billy Napier is seventeen five and one against the spread as a dog in his career with ten outright wins. Two at Florida. Uh, beat Utah last year. Um, beat Tennessee this year. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think people look at Kentucky, Nick, and they haven't played anyone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, Ain't play nobody, Paul. And you see, they people see they only Kentucky gets more more or less the benefit of the doubt than anyone when it comes to this. Like they went and handled Vanderbilt. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And they're getting criticism for only beating them by 17. In a game, they led by 20-something the whole time. Yeah, and it's yeah. all and it's like, oh, Larry didn't look great. Did this or that. So they had they just have to deal with that. Now, they are a flawed football team. The second half was not good. They let their foot off the gas. But it, they got out to a 24 nothing lead like that. You know, it wasn't like they played like that the entire game. You know. Right, uh, right. Kentucky's handled their business, though. Like, if you just use the spread as a barometer, they've overachieved expectations every game. Florida's well, underachieved three of yep. four. They're one mm-hmm. and three against the spread. Yep. Um, I think Napier's a record, I think Napier's record there, and people look at Devin Leary's stats. I think that has a lot to do with, I think, a lot of people getting on Florida here. It's easier to believe in the, that helmet Florida's team is wearing than it is <laughs> than the Kentucky team's wearing. That's just the bottom line. Well, it just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Like, this is where Mark Stoops' team, he freaking loves it. I bet he's yeah. pissed that Kentucky's even still a favorite, right? Let uh, me tell you a secret, Nick. When a ranked team is on the road facing an unranked team and they're a dog, they're a dog for a reason. Like, they're an underdog for a reason. Vegas thinks Kentucky is the better team, but people see that you see the number. Yep. You see the unranked team, and you're getting pulled. You're like you're thinking you're stealing from that, but that's usually one of my place favorite places to bet. And anybody that's followed this knows that I typically love ranked team laying points against it, or an unranked team laying points against a ranked team, especially yeah, at home. Yeah. 
you know, that's usually the only time you get it at home. I believe it's the first time it's happened this year, and you get it mm-hmm. only a handful of times a year. So typically, those unranked teams typically cover at in those situations. Um, Kentucky's been good in the series, 4-0-1 ATS the last five. So you can kind of go back and forth on that. But I think a lot of things are lining up for the Cats. I think Greg said if if we hit some tight end screens at Kroger Field, I might need a cigarette or two. <laughs> well, Sam, what, from Cohen's comments, it sounds like we're going to get a lot of passes on first and ten. Oh, man. Man, this is uh, this is going to be a doozy. I'm fired up. I know everybody's fired up. Um, it, we're not going to be able to tailgate as long, but if you're tailgating, you should be tailgating with some delicious smoked sausage, some meats from Eckrich. Eckrich, they um, – I don't know if you all remember this last year, but they do this every year. They're, they're a presenting sponsor of the college football playoff, and they have the $1 million challenge for teachers. So this college football season – um, with Extra Yard for Teachers, that's the organization. They, they're inviting local teachers onto the field uh, for a game, and they get a chance to throw a football through a target to win up to $1 million in donations for local schools. So what you do, you go to Eckrich.com, you nominate your teacher there to get a chance to be on the field for the Alabama game. Kentucky-Alabama. When Kentucky sends Nick Saban to the retirement home, you can be on the field throwing for a million dollars for your local schools. And here's the secret too, like it, even if they don't win, they're going to get some money for their local schools. So go online to Eckridge.com by October 26, nominate your teacher to throw for a million bucks at the Kentucky Alabama game. And now we're going to have a guy who he, he fancies himself as quite a bit of a foodie. I'm sure he enjoys some smoked meats from Eckridge. Um, he's a former Florida Gator. Sadly, um, uh, that part is a little salt in the wound. Um, also a Gainesville native. From On3 Sports, it's Andy Sables. Andy, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Resident, not native. I mean, you get called an ACR down here if uh, if you grew up here. So, Alachua County resident, for those who don't know. Yeah, so it's uh, you got to be a little careful with that. Okay, but okay. My, uh, my, well, kid, my kids are ACRs. I'm not gotcha. an ACR. Well, you were a, a national champ at Florida, so you're partially responsible for the streak. So now no, we get- not responsible for squat. <laughs> nothing I did on scout team helped the 65 to nothing win in 1996 whatsoever. It's funny you mentioned that. I think that was my first Kentucky game. Was oh, and, and you stuck enough. with it. That's amazing. And, and this is this this is how we're cut down here, Andy. Like this is just what we've gone through our whole life. But now we're on the up and up at least. Poor Tim Couch running the option. <laughs> oh man, it was awful. It, yeah, it's like you felt bad, even though even you were on the other side, you felt bad. Did Spurrier take great joy in whipping Kentucky, or was that just how he was? Because we certainly felt like he, like he, he was kind of sick and demented in the, his joy of beating Kentucky. No, <laughs> no, I now I do think when Mummy got there. There, he, he did take a little personal offense that everybody's like, look at this offense. This is the next big thing. You know, the fun and gun was the big thing, but now the air raid's the next big thing. And I remember there was an SEC teleconference. I don't, I can't remember if it was Mummy's first year or second year. And Spurrier gets on and goes, well, they're, uh, we're trying to gain more yards, everybody. We're trying to score more points than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was just funny because it's like, okay, now you're encroaching on my, on my territory. I'm the offensive innovator in this conference. Yeah. Don't don't mess with me. Well, I I don't know if we're gonna have a, a high powered 
offensive shootout in this game. Uh, it, it's as soon as the lines came out on FanDuel, Andy, I was like, "Ooh, this this feels like an under." Uh, these teams are struggling to score when the field gets tight. How, do do you think this is going to be a low scoring affair at Kroger Field Saturday? Unless there's a bunch of turnovers that that create short fields and easy opportunities for teams to score, yeah, because. I think the the total right now on FanDuel is 44 and a half, which for two teams that play this deliberately on offense, that feels awfully high because I, I don't think either coach wants to take a lot of offensive risks, put, you know, put the ball in harm's way. I, I, you know, I'm trying to think of play total in this game. You know, you've got some teams that are trying to run a hundred plays. I think both these coaches would be thrilled if, if this play, this game totaled like 120 to 130 plays. Yeah, Andy, keeping on that offensive kind of theme this week, why is Billy Napier, why does he want to be a play caller? It feels like his strengths are, at least it's billed that way, CEO, detailed, organization, leading a Yeah, they keep putting 10 guys on the field on special teams. I don't know if organization (laughs) is the – Yeah, but that's what what you – that that was the sale, though, when they hired him. But then you look at the offense, and he coaches quarterbacks, at least to my knowledge. He's calling plays. Why would uh, why would he want to do that? I mean, why does he do that? I don't really understand. He feels that. like that's what makes him good. You know, yeah. he, he did. Well, that. I would argue against it. I guess I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he did it and did it well at Louisiana Lafayette. So you know, you've seen one year of it at Florida. It didn't yeah. work that well. He's got to figure out what he wants to do. But you know, it, the coaches that call plays don't want to give up calling plays for the most part. Uh, Lincoln Riley doesn't, isn't going to give it up. Mike Norvell is not going to give it up. Like it's kind of in their DNA. And you saw kind of the back and forth with Gus Malzahn, which once he got to UCF and swore he'd never get it up again. And now this year he gives it up. So I it, like it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I always feel like you kind of you do the thing that makes you special. I, I don't know if play calling is what makes Billy Napier special. We'll, we'll find out. You know, he, he did pretty well against Tennessee, but. We don't know what Tennessee's defense is. So this is this is one of those games where you're going to learn a lot more about both teams because I, I don't think we've learned anything about Kentucky yet. And they haven't played anybody. Florida's played Utah. We know they're good, especially on defense. And Florida didn't do anything against them offensively. So I I think we can we can say probably Florida's offense is average to maybe you know, but we'll see what side of average they're on. Are they slightly above average or slightly below average? I think we, we need to see them play against a team like Kentucky and a few more, you know, opponents like that to find out because we don't, again, we don't know what Tennessee's defense is yet. So uh, picking, uh, we're going to keep the ball rolling with Florida's offense because I, in my brain, Kentucky's defense has played very well and I see Graham Mertz on the other sideline. I spent all summer like, all right, how do I talk myself into Graham Mertz? <laughs> into Graham Mertz. And then it was like, whoo, all right, I don't have to just be a salesman for Graham Mertz this entire offseason. So what what's the – in Billy Napier's mind, what is it that in his game plan, all right, if X, Y, and Z happens, this is how we win on the road in the SEC, something I don't think he's done yet as Florida's head coach. No, they're 1-5 on the road. Well, they beat a last year. That's right. They beat A&M. Okay. That's, everybody had the flu at A&M. <laughs> so – yeah, that's that's the one they've won on the road. You know, it, it's interesting because if you look at the Tennessee game, what they did early was they were really trying to force feed Eugene Wilson, who is a freshman receiver, 
very dynamic with the ball in his hands, special in terms of speed and uh, elusiveness. A little, you know, Percy Harvin comparisons go a little too far, but Kadarius Tony comparisons I'm, I'm willing to accept at the moment. And so I bet they try to do a lot more with him. You know, he got hurt in that Tennessee game. He got hit in the collarbone. And so he didn't play last week. They didn't really, like, when they were scoring against Tennessee, they weren't really using him. That was more just the run game, Trevor Etienne. And I don't I don't think they're going to rely on Graham Mertz to throw the ball down the field to win the game. If, if Graham Mertz is throwing, you know, in the 0 to 15-yard range, they're happy. That's what they want, as long as he's accurate in that range. And then they feel like Pearsall, Eugene Wilson, Trevor Etienne, Montrell Johnson can can then make things happen. And that's that's what you've seen so far. Like you go to Tennessee, the Tennessee game, you have the big run that Trevor Etienne pops, and then you have a short pat, like a dump off to Montrell Johnson that he just sort of dances his way into the end zone. That's how they're going to score. That's what their explosive plays are probably going to look like unless it's just a massive bust. I don't think they're, they're not thinking about attacking down the field. How big of a swing game do you think this is for Florida? Cause I think if they get this, they get two big ones in the division and they've got a chance to like go eight and four. And then you're looking at Napier's trajectory and it mm-hmm. feels like it's on the right path. But if he loses it, then you're could be looking at another six and six here. And then you're like, what are we doing here? Well, it's exactly what I said after the Tennessee game because everybody's like, oh, it's, it's happening, it's happening. This is exactly what everybody's been promising, and it's going to be great. It's going to be fine. I'm like, okay, you guys will all be out on this person <laughs> if they lose to Kentucky. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I, I've seen this movie before. Like, You will bail on him the moment they lose to Kentucky if they lose to Kentucky. So I think it's very important for them. I, I think they need to keep that momentum going, and I think you're right. You know, if you if you – win this game, then you can count out where the other wins come from. And you can see seven, maybe eight. If you don't win this game, it becomes much harder to see six. And that is that that's because, you know, South Carolina, Arkansas, you're like, ah, I don't know. I, I don't know where those fall. Florida state looks really good. So that's, that's a tough one to, to project. And then, you know, LSU, they look great too. So I think you're right. I, I, if they win this game, I think they feel pretty comfortable. They're, they're, they're all of a sudden the shift, the focus shifts to the 24 recruiting class, which looks very good. And then everybody's probably happy and, and likes the direction of the program. If they lose it, even by one point, like even if it's a just coin flip, weird bounce of the ball, right? They're going to be like, that's it. We're done with it. But <laughs> here's the good news for Billy Napier. His buyout's so big. They, they're yeah. not done with him. So he, he's going to get time, but he, he does have to be careful because you do have to have a good enough record this year to make sure that recruiting class sticks and all those guys sign in December. I think that's the, that's the key right there. If they get all those guys, because I think if you look at the, the, the team this year, the people he signed, especially the defensive players, they're the best athletes on the team. They're the ones who look the most special. So he seems to have a good eye for talent. He needs to get another recruiting class or two to get where they want to be, but you can't have just overwhelming negativity or you don't get that. To put the shoe on the other foot, Kentucky wins this. It'd be three straight and the series. And you were at the game last year, Andy. It Mm -hmm. feels like 
Mark Stoops, what was once like this weight on their shoulders, is now um, sort of like a put our flag in the ground. We're going to be the baddest asses, the the toughest version of ourselves. 31 years, it was we were the whipping boys. Could you, if, if Kentucky gets three in a row, four out of six, is it, is all of a sudden like you're like, oh, wow, actually Kentucky has Florida's number. We got to figure out how to do what they're doing. Absolutely. And I think people have been copying off Kentucky's paper for a while now. I think when, when John Schlarman was the, the O-line coach, basically when Kentucky offered an O-lineman, that's when everybody else came in too. You know, that people know what Mark Stoops is doing there. People know they're good evaluators, they're good developers. And so I, I don't think I don't think that's a mystery inside the business of college football. I think you know, for the, the rank and file fan, though, it is a little hard to deal with. Like I was I was talking to Ralph Russo from the Associated Press yesterday and he goes, doesn't it? Do you think it bothers Florida fans that Kentucky's now a measuring stick game when most of their lives it was just a given that they would win? I said, yeah, absolutely. But that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's where Mark Stoops has gotten this program. I think it's a phenomenal job because where they were when Joker Phillips got fired, you just thought, how do they ever come back? Because. My thing with Kentucky, like one thing I learned covering football in the SEC, because I was a Tennessee beat writer first and I covered Florida as a beat, was, you know, from the outside, you think, oh, Kentucky people just care about basketball. They don't, but they are great football fans, like very dedicated football fans and got kicked in the teeth for years and years and years and kept coming back. But that Joker Phillips there was so bad. It was like, okay, if, the, if you're going to bail, I don't blame you because it's this bad. Yeah. So to see what Mark Stoops has done to bring it, not only bring it back to where it, where it was, then extending that to having these years where they're winning double-digit games, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, and now it's a matter of can they be consistent where we expect them to win eight to nine games a year and then the double-digit seasons happen every once in a while because it does feel like it's headed that direction. You know, once, Especially with Liam Cohen running the offense, I think they – you kind of figured out what they what they want to be offensively. Now, obviously, Liam Cohen will probably get a head coaching job at some point or go back to the NFL like he did the one time, and then they've got to figure out how to replicate that. But I, I do think they've got a really nice formula right now. Yeah, that the Joker era was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. I think it was just years and years of that. And I think you mentioned the Florida fan base. Well, on the Kentucky side, they're kind of savoring this. Like to be able to beat Florida potentially three years in a row. I mean, the crowd, the crowd two years ago, Nick, when it was here, when they finally beat them at home, that was one of the best crowds we've seen in a long time. And I think it'll be another crazy crowd on Saturday. And you kind of go back to Andy's point. I think Kentucky's entering about every game where they see their OC and their DC and they feel like they're as good as anyone on that, just that side from game planning, play calling, all of that. And I think that gives them a lot of confidence. I think they lost a lot of that last year. Um, especially on the offensive side. And I think they have that back and we'll see how it plays out through a full season, but um, they're a very confident, I think, team right now. And I think a lot of it has to do with both White and Cohen running yeah. things on offensive. Yeah. Brad, Brad White does a very good job. I think watch Austin Armstrong, Florida's young DC, because he's, he's an interesting guy. He's done pretty well so far. I think that, I mean, that's the biggest leap that this team has made. I think they've probably taken a, a step back offensively, but they are better defensively than they were last year and better defensively than they were probably the two or three years before that. So it's, he is a very aggressive play caller. Now the question is, 
is that going to cause them any problems? And they, now, it, it was good against Tennessee, which can beat you deep, can hit big plays on you. Like the Utah team they played, the version of Utah they played was not going to do that because they were playing with a backup quarterback. Their best, their net, their best skill guy was out on offense, so they were they were being very conservative. But that's going to be interesting to me because they are pretty aggressive defensively. Do they get torched at any point because of that, or does that cause them to to create turnovers? and put the offense in a better place than it would be because the offense is probably not going to be marching 80 yeah. yards most series. So, Andy, we appreciate you so much for joining us. This has been awesome. For all of our folks out there watching, listening, if you aren't watching and listening to Andy, best college football show on the internet, subscribe, all those sort of things. I did notice this morning when I was listening to your preview show, mm-hmm. my FanDuel pre-roll thing came on. I was like, oh. Whoa, what's going on here? It was there it, you go. Threw, it threw it's me time. off for a second. Um, did you did you catch my disclaimer read? Oh, I think it's I, the best FanDuel disclaimer read uh, <laughs> in the company. It was it was an incredible disclaimer read. Uh, but I've got to I've got to ask. Watch the preview, the picks. We're not going to make you pick the game because you got to watch the show, right? To know Andy's picks. He's he's a perfect picker, right? Uh, I was perfect two weeks ago. Oh yeah, eight. that's right. No, I, and then five and three. It's funny because we, we we put eight picks on the graphic. We do usually like 13 on the show. So mm-hmm. um, that particular week, it was just hilarious because our, our social media guru, Jack Terry, says, which ones do you want? I said, I feel good about them all. And we'd done, we'd done 13 that week. And he so those are the eight he picked. I got them all wrong. <laughs> the ones he didn't pick, I went four and one. So, oh. but that's better. Like, Going oh. 0 and 8 was better because then it brands you like, oh, you're the dude who went 0 and 8. Because it's hard to go 0 and 8. Yes. Like, it's not easy. So uh, hopefully we can be perfect the other way this week. I, I was 5 and 3 last week against the spread. And the one thing I'm learning is, you know, people fancy themselves gambling experts oh, on the yeah. internet, but then they don't understand how spreads work. Because because one guy's like, you were 2 and 6 last week. I'm like, you do know if I picked the team that lost, but they lost by a, a low number. I still win, right? You understand that. Oh, you know, it's it's sports gambling's new in Kentucky. It's new in a lot of places. People are figuring it out. It just takes some time. Um, I wanted to leave with one final question, though. If if Kentucky wins on Saturday, how does that happen? What is the recipe for success for the Wildcats to come up with a big top 25 win over Florida? I think they play mistake-free. And they pop a couple explosive plays on the defense, whether that's, you know, maybe a Ray Davis breaks free and, and scores on a long touchdown run. Maybe it's it's Florida gets mixed up in coverage like they did the first play against Utah. And it's Barry and Brown or Dane Key over the top. But I think that's – and I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I, I, I think Kentucky play – if Kentucky can play good defense, keep from handing the ball Florida in an advantageous position, that's how they win. So don't beat yourselves. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. You can't well, beat the other what, team until you quit that's beating the yourself. Thing. Like I was convinced that Kentucky is going to roll in this game until Nick came on my show this week and it was like, you know, they make some boneheaded mistakes. And I'm like, I oh, do. oh you're right. Oh, <laughs> this, is, this makes this so much harder to pick. It's so odd because they've been so explosive, though. I mean, right. even in the ground game, it's been surprisingly explosive it's either it's one two negative one 
38 yard game. It's just like, yeah, it's like wow. watching Barry Sanders with the lions. Yeah. It's just, it's something that <laughs> Kentucky's never really had under Mark Stoops. So I think everybody here is just kind of figuring out how to comprehend that and how that's well, and, and what's weird is Trevor Etienne's the same way for Florida. Yes, yes. Their other backs are not necessarily like that, but Trevor Etienne can break one. And it is, so it is nerve wracking for the opposing defense because yeah, you stopped him, you stopped him, you say, and you get third and short. And you're like, okay, we, we stop. And then boom, like, yeah, he's gone. So that uh, Ray Davis and, and Trevor Etienne make this game very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, Andy, this has been an interesting and enlightening conversation. If you all aren't following Andy underscore Staples on X, go and give it to you or uh, <laughs> YouTube or Twitter or whatever. By, by the way, I was at Notre Dame last weekend. The Notre Dame tailgates exclusively DMX. That's all they play. Really? It's like they own one album. That and then there was X album, and that's it. Louisville games they play. What's the song they play? Rough Riders Anthem, Nick, on third down. Oh, yeah. They are big DMXers there. <laughs> I mean, it it's not it's a bad choice. Like if you've got to pick one, like, you know, could be worse. No, I, the the one that that I will always remember just that got I watched it get an entire parking lot at the Florida Georgia game going. Debut by EU. Yeah. like <laughs> yes. one tailgate started playing it and all of a sudden everybody's dan- like everybody's coming over that tailgate the worst was when Lil john did the third down for what in the yes. bush jones yes. era uh-huh. in tennessee i mean that's just like stab yourself in the ear sort of that was awful uh, <laughs> but it was at neon stadium so i mean you know it's about everything there well they had uh, a lot li- they would have live djs at scrimmages back then so <laughs> It's a magical time for Tennessee football. <laughs> oh, champions of life. They were champions of life. Well, Andy, we appreciate you joining us and uh, we'll see you on the other side. All right. See you guys. Thanks, Andy. Oh, that was a delightful conversation with Andy Staples, who he's a part of the FanDuel team and we are as well. Uh, thanks to our friends at on three. And if you haven't signed up for FanDuel yet, do it now. Online sports betting is live on your phone, and new customers can place a $5 bet and receive $200 in bonus bets. Just head on over to FanDuel.com slash personnel to get signed up today. FanDuel.com slash personnel. If you haven't signed up yet, please visit that link. Put in promo code personnel. Whatever you got to do, it helps us help you. And remember, there is a disclaimer you're going to be 21 over, President Kentucky, first online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required, bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. So you got to make those bonus bets quickly. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And what it? the Nick, beautiful- you like a pro on that rip. Good I job. appreciate it. I've been practicing and here's the other thing that's great about FanDuel Tool. Not only do they have this bonus bets feature, they're also offering bonus bets for all customers, not just new ones. So, like, I had a FanDuel account when I was going over to Indiana. Now I can be in Kentucky. And they have some heavy-hitting bonus bets. Check this out. So, tonight, Thursday at football, Lions-Packers. One, If more than one point is scored, like it, you win at plus 100 odds. These are all plus 100 odds, max bet of $50. So if they score two points in this game, two total points, $50 winner. Same thing for Kentucky-Florida. One point scored, Kentucky-Florida. Boom, $50 hairs. And then also, your Bengals and your Titans, not your Titans, uh, Drew's Titans, um, Tyler's Titans, $25 bet one plus passing yard 
and you're going to win that bet at plus 100. So those bonus bets are incredible. You got to sign up to be able to get it. I mean, that's 125 bucks right there, just like that. So make sure you're signed up, FanDuel.com. Um, and like it, every week for our FanDuel segment on 11 personnel, we're going to be putting together a uh, single gay parlay for the people. Maybe we call this the For the People Parlay. STP, baby. I am not, I don't have a high hit rate on these, but if you hit one, I mean, they definitely pay for themselves. So, what, can, what, what, what do we got on the slate for the single game parlay this week? Because it's looking pretty sharp. My, my one contribution that I really liked is Nick Delator on KS Board earlier this week talked about, like, of all of their weaknesses, maybe their biggest question mark is that nickel. I mean, that's ripe, absolutely ripe for whoever the nickel is going to cover. And we got them both in here. I've got Tavion Robinson over 49 and a half receiving yards. You've got a Jordan Dingle anytime touchdown score to really add some juice to the single game yes. parlay. Yes, I think I just look at this, Nick. Devin Leary's the best quarterback they've seen. This Florida defense is not creating havoc in the air. They've got some secondary questions. Jason Marshall Jr. was supposed to be their best cornerback. He is not playing well. Utah and Tennessee both hit 50-plus yard completions for touchdowns against this team. There's going to be room for explosive. Leary's going to have – he's going to have a bigger game, big game. Leary's – over 22% of his completions go for 15-plus yards, which is one of the higher rates in the SEC. Uh, I think he's going to create on some explosives. 231.5 passing yards. Give me the over. We're going to take that over. Here's the one where things might get a little tricky, though. Total points by the home team, 22.5. Everybody's thinking this is going to be a low-scoring game. Can Kentucky get to 22.5? If Max Harrison is picking off passes and returning to the house, that's really, I, I feel like, all you need to take it home and then just not kick field goals all night. 22.5 um, is not asking a ton for this Kentucky offense. This game is all about the Kentucky offense to me. Kentucky defense is going to do what they do. Florida's going to score a touchdown drive or two, but they're going to hold them in check. Can Kentucky get to 24 points? Nick, they've only reached that mark 16 times in the last 42 SEC games. So last five years, only 16 games have they reached 24 points. But this is why you bring in Devin Leary. This is why you hire Liam Cohen is to go score. If Kentucky scores 24 points, they win this football game. If they get over 24, I think they have a chance, a good chance to win by double digits. So I think Kentucky's going to win this game. So I like this over here. Give me over 22 and a half um, points. I think Kentucky's got a real chance to score at least one explosive play touchdown. And if they can have a decent rate in the red zone, um, they're going to have a good day. But Florida's defense has only given up five red zone possessions this year, but they've given up at some long touchdowns, Nick. And that's where I think Kentucky's going to make some – noise here is long explosive play touchdowns they are gonna a, a big play in the run game is going to change this game like someone's going to rip off a 50-yard run either etn or ray davis or maybe one of our barry and brown on a sweep and that could change the game i think kentucky could score on a play like that so give me kentucky over 22 and a half we talked about it earlier i just think they're the more explosive team in this matchup and we we capped it off with ricky pearsall under his total of 72 and a half receiving yards uh, Kentucky, very good at taking away another team's best receiver. We saw that last week. That's what they're going to try to do this week. Shut yeah. him down. It's on the screen right now if you if you need help. Devin Leary over passing yards. Tavian Robinson over receiving yards. 
over the home total points, under Ricky Pearsall receiving yards, and Jordan Dingle anytime touchdown score. And like it, here's the the if you noticed the method to the madness, if you're putting together your own single game parlay, I know FanDuel has a lot of just like they build their own and you can just smash play. But if you want to build your own, think about how how do you think how's this game going to unfold? How do you see it happening? That's that's how these come to life, right? You're basically creating almost like a fantasy lineup of how you think things will unfold. Uh, I was playing around with the FanDuel app today, like it, mm-hmm. and already got to put a wager in on the look ahead line. You've got Kentucky plus 23 and a half against Georgia. Plus 23. Georgia hasn't covered this year. I don't, and I don't think the line, SP plus has that line at 14. So that's a lot. That's a lot. I, I got a little bit on it. I might even put more on it. Um, if I can, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the Georgia line got hammered this week. I think it opened at seventeen, and it's down the right down to fourteen and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I filled it out this morning, so uh, man, we're excited to be partners with Fanduel. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I know it might be confusing for our audience, but hey, diversity is the spice of life. Make sure you're playing all over the place to win the most money possible. Um, we're going to speak to Devin Leary in a moment, but luck it. One thing that's great. Like, I, I hate noon tailgates because you don't have anything to watch. Well, you do this weekend because they're playing golf over in Rome. That's right. And uh, Victor Hovland in a practice round, he got his good oh, shots out of the way. He had a hole-in-one on a par four. Uh, but the Ryder Cup's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great event. It was um, – I, th- I don't think it was the last time they won on American soil, but the comeback at Kiowa was on the day I was born back 32 years ago in 1991 – and the Americans took care of business. Um, it can create a lot of drama. So we're going to get that this weekend. And luck it. You've been good with your locks before. Well, you got any good locks for us to place on the FanDuel app uh, this weekend? Yeah, uh, this might hurt some of you Patriots here. But Europe's got the better roster. And they're plus 100 to win this thing. So That's an emotional hedge, though. You know? Yeah, you could do both sides. Um, I like you big odds here. Nick, uh, I love Sepp Straka, and he's on the uh, Europe team. Georgia Bulldog was had a really good year. He's with Shane Lowry, who also had a really good year. Uh, they're up against Ricky and Morikawa first round, plus one sixty five. I love, I love, I love that right there. Um, and then Patrick Cantlay, Xander Schauffele are awesome team. So anytime you get them together, it's almost like a principal play. They're plus one twenty five over Rory McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood. So you get plus odds with one of the best Ryder Cup teams. Um, and then if we're, if we're a long shot, I like Straka to lead the Euros and, and scoring at 16 to 1. So oh. uh, you got a little long shot there. I like Europe to win outright. And then first round, I like two two dogs here. Lowry Straka plus 165, Cantley Xander plus 125. And then we can reassess after day one. Um, but the action starts, I believe, 1 a.m., Nick. So for those of you night outs, you finish Thursday night football, you've got about oh, an hour break, and then you get jump right into some Ryder Cup. And then for the tailgate, you know, Saturday morning tailgate, but you get you get actual you get the Ryder Cup yeah. on Saturday, and then Sunday we get the we get Jacks Falcons at nine thirty. Little Toy we'll Story the, game, and we'll have the end of the Ryder Cup at the same time. So we're gonna have a nice little Sunday morning here. It's it's a great weekend of sports. You can get it on the action with FanDuel. Um, this has been a lot of fun, but we're not done yet. Luck it might hate America, but one person that doesn't <laughs> hate America is Kentucky quarterback Devin Leary. Last week, he was one of three athletes that uh, participated in a Morgan & Morgan photo shoot 
KSR got to hang out with him. So we're going to be sharing these interviews uh, over the next week or so. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be back with the Pigskin Preview live at lunch, just like today. So if you want all of our picks on the FanDuel app, that'll be at noon tomorrow. We'll be bringing you some more picks. Uh, but until then, without further ado, it's Kentucky quarterback Devin Leary. Did you know Morgan & Morgan is America's largest injury law firm? Morgan & Morgan even covers you if you get hurt in Sandwich, Illinois, or why not North Carolina? It's easy. Just dial Pound Law or go to ForThePeople.com to get started. Nick Ross with Devin Leary. Devin, we're here to ask you the important questions. You just got done with Morgan & Morgan & Morgan & Morgan. <laughs> are, are you that good at t- tongue twisters? Have you been practicing for this? You were a pro out there. Yeah, I, I've been practicing all week. All week. As soon as I got the deal, I'm like, all right, I need to get it. Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan and Morgan. So I got it down, I think. Watching the tape, you you look comfortable out there. Is this a future in acting, perhaps? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it it, it feels good to get behind the camera. Um, Hopefully I didn't mess up too much, but it felt really good. Well, I got to ask you about your swag. Okay. Um, Very important question. Not this swag. I brought my best UK hat, but you seem to just have a wardrobe. (laughs) What's the inspiration? Are you a hat guy? I am. I am. I grew up. My dad like collects hats and everything. And you know, first place I went to was the mall here, and they had a lids and like just unlimited vintage Kentucky hats. I'm like, I gotta stock up on these. So try to keep it a little trend. Well, the people online they love them. I'm a big fan. See, I'm a hat guy out of yeah, necessity, you- <laughs> but like you, you've got it down pat. Like yeah. you got the flow, so it's got to be a nice. Blue-run. Is that because you're a baseball guy too? Maybe. It definitely started with a baseball collection. When I was a kid, uh, around my bedroom, all around like the lining of the ceiling, I had hats all around. So credit to my dad, but me and my brothers, we all collect hats. The, the ball cap on the sidelines is a very pro quarterback move, too. Yeah. That, that's a great look. It is. It is. But I don't know about it college because we're not pros yet. So we'll see. Well, we'll see. Well, could be soon enough. So this season, all right, start. I would think so. Yeah. Um, how... How do you just feel playing in Liam Cohen's offense right now? Are we are we at the point now where you you've got everything like you kind of know what's going to happen and you feel yeah. comfortable back there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at this point, you know, I'm locked in with the system. You know, I understand each and every week what we can pull, what we could carry over, and then really just you know now getting into SEC play, making sure that you know we understand what we're doing and we understand the bread and butter plays and then the certain plays that you know, we're going to throw in as a mix-up. So at this point, you know, we're all settled in in the offense, but now it's time to really crisp things up and just define the details. Is there a, a zone you get into? I think of it as like the Tiger Woods video game when it would go dun 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 and you like get in, like, it did narrow your vision. Some of those throws you make out there, are you even thinking, or is it just like bam, bam, bam? Uh, honestly, it just kicks in into my mind that, you know, if there's an opportunity to make a play, that's why I play football is to make a play. And, you know, whether it's Barry on Brown running down the sideline or, you know, Tavion Robinson in the seam, you know, if they're they're calling, putting the ball in my hands to get a play or get a first down or score, you know, in my mind, it just clicks in my head that I could do it. And that's just kind of that mode that I get into. So people were very, they were very worried about you. They were protect Devin at all costs. <laughs> You're back there like breaking tackles, running around guys, guys hanging off of you. Is this just, has this been the Devin Weary experience the whole time and people just thought you were for G-Lay the whole time? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you know, I, I did take one or two bad hits in my career, but, you know, that, that never defines me as a player. You know, I'm a tough, hard-nosed guy that's always going to see through the rush and, you know, any given play, I'm going to make the most out of the play. 
and that that's just how I've always played football. You know, growing up from New Jersey, um, kind of playing with a little bit of grit and a chip on the shoulder. That's why I wanted to play for Coach Stoops because that's what I'm all about, regardless of what I suffered in the past. I'm going to play every single snap like it's my last because that's how I love playing football. The Jersey thing. Do you are do you like are you born to Bruce Springsteen music? How does that work? That... <laughs> my mom loves Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> she <has> to, she, <laughs> she loves him. Yeah. Loves him. Sometimes you throw the football without the seams, and people want to know why and how. How do you do it? How do you do it? Honestly, you know, when I grip the football, whether I have the laces or not, it's just however, you know, I feel comfortable. Like, I, I don't necessarily look for the laces, or sometimes I like throwing without the laces. But to be completely honest with you, when I catch the snap, I couldn't really tell you how I'm gripping the ball or, you know, if I'm... <laughs> Certainly looking for the laces as long as my hands are aligned that I throw every single time No matter how the ball is in my hands. I, I'm just gonna try to get it done. So laces only matter out for kickers pretty much pretty much <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, sir That's the show da -da 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 -da. Ah. See y'all tomorrow Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.